It's not always the big things that change the world. It's the small acts of kindness that happen repeatedly over a lifetime that make the world a better place. So every week we share a story of someone like you who is doing good in the world in their own way. Welcome to Doing Good with Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. I am your host, Carmen Herbert, looking really bright and chipper this morning. For those of you listening, you can't see me, but I've got kind of dark circles <laughs> under my eyes. My dog had puppies a few weeks ago, 12 of them, and so I've been living the puppy life, and maybe that's one of the reasons why I reached out to our guest today because I'm like, oh, I need to revamp my sex life because I've been sleeping with dogs for the past two weeks <laughs> and not my husband. So I am so excited to have Laura Brotherson on the podcast today. Laura, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. So wonderful to be here. And you are the darlingest. So I'm just <laughs> delighted to talk to you. I've read your book like 15 years ago. Oh my so. goodness. And <laughs> I read your book. And I have to say, so so the book that I read, which, mm -hmm. which got me thinking about all of this years ago was, and they were not ashamed. Sure. And I'm not kidding you. I have shared that with so many of my friends and family members Good. about discovering their own sexuality, the sacredness of sex yeah. and how it can transform your marriage. It was yeah. one of the best things I did for my marriage. And I discovered it maybe five years after we had been married and I had had our first baby and I was trying to find my sexual mojo. Yeah. And I came across your book and I was so blown away by how straightforward and upfront it was. And yet how you incorporated so beautifully the principles of the gospel yeah. in that book. So yeah. Everyone, that is one of the first book I would say to check out, but you have lots of others that, that you've written and one that I want to talk about today. So let's yeah. get down to the bio Okay, for people that don't know Laura Brotherson, which you all should, and you will after this podcast, and I'm sure you'll be listening to her podcast and going on her website and taking the courses and everything, but you are a marriage and family therapist, a certified sex therapist author and founder of the Marital Intimacy Institute with a mission to help couples create sextraordinary marriages. Did I say that right? <laughs> well done. <laughs> so Laura counsels with individuals, couples, and families in private practice and online and is passionate about helping couples navigate the intricacies of intimacy, specializing in healthy sexuality, sex therapy, and sex addiction. You share your passion, Lara, for building strong marriages and families. As the author of the best-selling books, here they are, and they were not ashamed, strengthening marriage through sexual fulfillment, knowing her intimately, 12 keys for creating a sextraordinary marriage, and your latest book, From Honeymoon to Happily Ever After, 23 Keys to Prepare for a Sextraordinary Marriage. Yep. And you also have a fabulous online course for women on sexual wholeness. And you have been so sweet and generous to offer 50% off to listeners today. So we will share that code later. If you want to sign up for the sexual wholeness class, I'm going to, I'm so excited for it. And it's actually, it's a 50, it's actually a $50 gift certificate. Oh, a $50 apply to. I'm glad you clarified yep. that $50 gift certificate, which once we talk about this a little bit throughout the podcast, worth every single penny for because sure. it truly helps women specifically and because you're helping women help your marriage and and your husband and and sex is such an incredibly important part of marriage. I mean, we all know that. Yeah. But really how but really how much do we know that? I mean, it really yeah. can change so much. It's healing. It's it it brings you together. It's what where you go when you're stressed and overwhelmed and all that. 
Yeah. So, um, so that is the sexual wholeness again course for women. So, um, as a certified life family educator, Laura is also actively engaged in providing marriage education through couples cruises. Are you doing any of those this year or because of COVID? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We usually do them in even years. So okay. and it might even be a, an extra year because of COVID. So we'll see. Watch we got in that. right before COVID hit. We got back right before COVID hit this in 2020. Oh my goodness. So awesome. watch for that maybe next year, yeah. 2022. You have articles, newsletters, radio, television, broadcast, their marital intimacy, intimacy show podcast, and you present at so many conferences and workshops. You're a regular contributor to the KSL TV Studio 5 show, which with my favorite, Brooke Walker, and yeah. you and your husband, Kevin, have been married 29 years. That is that amazing. That blows my mind. <laughs> at 29 and have three grown children, and you're the founders of strengtheningmarriage.com. That is, that is an incredible accomplishment just that like yeah. writing everything but then ending it with oh when we've been married for 29 years so you know a thing or two yeah. about <laughs> it's like it's like one of my idols growing up was Lucille Johnson she was a well-known know your religion speaker for, for the church yeah and she used to say my most important credential is that I've been married I think for her it was like 30 or 40 or 50 years I can't remember but that is a really important credential for sure it is so. it really <laughs> truly is because you're like I've I've been, been there done that uh -huh. Exactly. Been there, done that. Okay. So let's jump right in. I love whenever you start your conversations, you say, we get to talk about sex today. How uh -huh. fun is that? How fun <laughs> is that? And it is so fun. And That's I'm so fun. excited to talk with you. So let's talk about your first book and they were not ashamed. Why did you write this book? Well, at the time I had, I always knew I was going to, you know, get into sexual helping because there was nobody doing it at the time. No. When I started it, I was teaching a, an institute class basically for at night. And um, when I created that course, I was like, okay, I have got to reach more people than what I can do in just a class. And we did have two books at the time in the church, but I personally and professionally felt like neither of them were super helpful. And I hate to say that, but that's just, I, I'm a realist. And, yeah. you know, so I had to write a book that I felt like was actually helpful in walking people through. I, that's kind of me. I'm more of a practical application. I'm not a yes. theoretical No, you know, tell person. me what to do. Tell yes. me what to do. So that's what I felt like we had to do with that first book. And there just, there wasn't really anyone doing what I do at that point. And so it, it was a little bit of a, we've got to do better. We, as members of the church specifically, need to really ought to know and do marriage better than anyone else in the world. And yes. that's kind of part of my passion and part of my mission is that I know the Lord has more for us in our marriages than we mostly live with. We mostly don't live with it, that. Why do you think we don't? What is it? Well, I think number one, I mean, we don't, we really don't, I mean, Brooke Walker at KSL was just one of the kind of groundbreakers to even let me come on and speak publicly about it, you know, and even I spoke at Education Week way back and they were really squeamish about the words I used. And, you know, so when you have that kind of environment in our air that we're breathing, it affects especially female sexuality. 
Yes. And so we've got this kind of what I coined the good girl syndrome in chapter one of my first, and they were not ashamed book. I mean, when you've got that kind of good girl syndrome going on in, in church circles, societal circles, family circles, nobody can talk about sex without fainting. Nobody is, is speaking about it in a positive, affirming, healthy way. Then, then people are not getting conditioned with a healthy sexual sexuality. Right. So with that, the good girl syndrome, I, I wonder, do you think it's because before you're married, every message we receive about sex mm -hmm. is, is maybe bad or wrong? Like in yeah. the media? No, it, no, no. Yeah. And, and everyone's, you know, they're doing it outside of marriage or, yeah. or if there's something on TV, we tell our kids don't look, they're immodest, you know, they're, yeah. they're whatever the TV shows, the girls just yeah. modestly dancing immodestly. It's all wrong. How do you then translate that? Like now you're married and sex is okay, but all the messages we've received is don't look, that's bad. Don't have those thoughts. Don't think yeah. that. So yeah. how do you make that transition from right. nope, 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 that's bad to, oh, actually it's really good. And even the things like wearing lingerie or, yes. or having fun and being playful, like, oh, yeah. but everything I've seen that's associated with that was wrong before. Right, right. Well, a couple things. One would be kind of the parenting angle. It's just, I mean, my my kind of forte, my, my passion is helping married couples get it together because I feel like then they then they raise healthy kids. I mean, the most satisfying thing is to have my daughter get married and, and to know that she gets it. I mean, yes. she didn't have to start the way a lot of the rest of us did. Right. And so, you know, when you, when you get parents to get their act together sexually and yes. re, reframe, reprogram that, but the big part of what I do, which is why I have three books is we're walking women through that process of kind of clearing out what I call mental sludge and replacing it with the positive and affirming things. Things. And, and when you've got then parents that get that together, then they raise kids differently because the energy surrounding sex is different. So like for you, Carmen, your boys are going to grow up in a different environment because you're going to be able to be a little bit more uh, comfortable, casual, confident, um, just addressing it without being weird about it. Yeah. That's what's going to make a difference, raising kids to have sexual wholeness. And that is honestly a goal of mine and and with having boys especially talking yeah. to them and and we've said nothing is off limits please talk to us and yeah. i i grew up in a home where my parents were very open mm -hmm. and it was the same thing like you can talk to us about anything you need yeah. and so any question i had what about this and what about that they were able to kind of talk me through it i yeah. still had in my mind a little bit of but now what's okay and what's not yep. okay. And, and your book was one of the groundbreaking things for me that helped me discover that for myself with my husband. Right. Why do you think, and why do you focus mostly on women? Why is it so much harder for us to get past those barriers than men? Yeah. Well, and, and I actually really work a lot with both couples, but specifically for women, the reason why it's tougher is just, we don't have the testosterone that men have. And so we have more of that kind of responsive desire that I actually believe can create, we can develop our own kind of psychological testosterone to where desire gaps can actually diminish. Oh, I love that. And, um, but, but women have, 
just have these four steps. I mean, I, I think I've got, it's in my book and in my online course, but I've got something, let me see if I've got it here, but my fuel for female sexual desire, yes. women are four steps. Oh, here it is. Women are four steps. If this, anyone that watches it on the video, but women are four steps away from desire all the time. Yes. So, so for women, we have to know that our husbands yes. need to know that. And we need to both be aware of what those four steps are to walk us up to arousal, which leads us to desire. Um, this is kind of new understanding for us, you know, research wise. Yes. Mary Basson that really understood female sexual wiring is very different than male. And so that's why there's a little bit more effort involved in really affirming and positively feeding sexuality for women, because the only way we talk about sex is the way men kind of boys need to hear it, which yeah. is a little bit more restraint, bridling. Yep. That's what they need. It's not what we need. No, women, young girls are getting a little bit more sexualized than you know other older generations were. So yeah. they also have to kind of keep that in check too. But but our two biggest challenges are for men, it's to bridle and master that sexual drive that yes. God-given sexuality. And for women, it's to embrace and develop and nurture that sexuality. So you see, we've got opposite messaging, totally to opposite people. And you and I, as good girls, we're taking that in hook, line and sinker. And then we get married and it's like, oh, wait, what, what are we yeah. doing now? Right. So, and that's why, that's why I created my third book um, from honeymoon to happily ever after is so that I can help couples, young people walk through the process of talking about sex, getting educated about sex and learning to embrace and develop that. So it's not such a foreign subject and a foreign ter territory for people. We should be talking about it more and we right. should be not afraid or ashamed like right. in your first book to discuss it. Right. So why do you think heavenly father made us so different? Like sometimes my husband will say, <laughs> It would be so much easier if it wasn't this process because it, it truly is. Like if I commit to sex, it's like, okay, I first have to close my World Wide Web. As you say, women have windows open all the time. I have a million. So first I have to close all my tabs and then I have to, the house has to be completely quiet. If I hear my kids, if I hear my 12 puppies in the other room, sorry, I can't do it. I have to feel sexy. I have to, like the stars have to align perfectly. Most of the time, depending mm -hmm. on the time of the month, we've also got hormones. Sometimes we're way more driven. Sometimes we're like, I have zero libido right now. And it's right. just, it's not our fault. So my husband said, why do you think Heavenly Father made us so polar opposite? Why do you think, Laura? <laughs> okay. So I used to have major discussions with the Lord about that in the beginning of this process. Because remember, I've been, I've done all this work. I've been there, yeah. done that. Yeah. And so I, I've had a lot of conversations about it. But now that I'm where I am now and teach people and help people the way I do, I can very easily, more clearly understand what the Lord was doing. Because the Lord brings these two kind of half people into marriage. You know, you've got these strengths, your husband has these strengths, you come together and you feel whole. But what the Lord's really looking for in marriage is for these two half people to become two whole people who become one. And in that process, nothing like the sexual dimension can help you. Um, you step into, usually women need to step into their physicality and their sexuality because we're not 
That's not our forte, usually. Dancers and athletes tend to have a little better step ahead for women. But men are not super great at their emotionality, which is connected to their spirituality. And so by a man having to learn what a woman needs to feel sexual desire, he becomes more whole. For a woman to learn what a man needs to feel loved and connected, she becomes more whole. Oh, that is beautiful. It's about wholeness. So we kind of take on, okay, the, the physical, you know, what comes easier for men and men kind of take on and understand what makes us tick. That is a beautiful way of thinking it. And, and as you were talking, you were showing me, you know, two circles and then overlapping them together. That is a beautiful way of thinking it. It's, and it's really about understanding each other too, because if we were both just boom, let's go all the time. Yeah. I wonder that if we would really take the time to to cherish each other as much and it teaches, you know, men patience and women more playfulness and and fun, which are both needed and playfulness. I tease my clients all the time because men will say that to me all the time. Laura, why did God do this to us? Why did he make, and even women will say that to me too. But I just say to them, I'm like, listen, the Lord couldn't make us both the same like men because who would keep the children alive? That's true. You know, or the dogs. <laughs> That's true. Like we would just all the time, like no one would get anything done. Nobody would get anything done. No one would get and, anything done. And Carmen, it's like, it, it, just think about these pieces. We're looking for personal wholeness for both a man and a wife. And a wife. Yes. We're looking for sexual wholeness for both a woman and her husband. We're looking for marital oneness, which is the oneness I just showed you. And that is what I call a sex extraordinary marriage. And so- most people won't do the work, but my job is to help them and encourage them and motivate them to. Okay. So let's talk about that. How do we as women find that sexual wholeness mm-hmm. and, and you know, that, what was the first thing you said? Sexual wholeness and personal wholeness, personal wholeness. Personal wholeness. What is the, what is the difference? How do we find those things? How okay. do we discover those things? Yeah. So personal wholeness is kind of like the term, the clinical term is like differentiation okay. where you're, you're able to be a strong, solid self. You can self-regulate. You are self and God validated, not other person validated. And right. women especially tend to be people pleasers. Yes. So we're kind of always kind of dependent on yes. the stars aligning. Well, Carmen, the stars don't align very often. It's true. And so <laughs> if we as a woman specifically have to have the stars aligned all the time, then guess what? We're probably never going to have sex. Yeah, that's sort of. true. So, so that personal wholeness becomes really important. And then also for our husbands, you know, those two challenges for women to embrace and develop their sexuality and for men to bridle and master their sexuality, that's where personal wholeness comes in. Because if I'm a guy, then I'm working on bridling and mastering and self-regulating and walking away from duty sex, for example. If you come up to your husband and you say, all right, honey, I know it's been a week, we can have sex. And he says, Carmen, I'd love to, but I'm good. I'm good. Let's wait until it's a better day for you. And he turns down duty sex. That's what sexual wholeness would look like for a guy because he knows not to take the cheap stuff. He waits for the good stuff. I love that. I'm so glad you talked about that because that was my next thing I was going to ask you. Okay. There, I mean, let's be honest. Sex takes energy. It yeah. takes energy before. And then for women, it takes 
energy after. Yeah. Like we, we, we kind of deal with all the stuff that happens mm-hmm. for hours after, right? There's the cleanup and there's, and then we're sometimes like, if it's at night, I'm wide awake after. So he conks out and now I'm like, <laughs> like one in the morning and I'm all, okay, I'm not. What are we going to do? <laughs> oh, yes. So it's, it's a commitment to think, mm-hmm. okay, I, I'm going to commit to sex. It takes energy. It takes time. So how can we truly enjoy it without it seeming like it is a task? And when, when is the point where we say, because there are some people like, what's her name? The proper care and feeding of husbands. Laura Schlesinger. Who basically says you always do duty? Just sex. do it, right? Like she, she's like mm-hmm. no matter what, like no. you owe that to no. your husband. No. So she kind of, and I, I read her book too, and I was like, oh my goodness. So even if I'm, because women don't need to be in the mood for the sexual act to happen. Like I could just lay there, yeah. you know, and 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 sex can happen. Men yeah. physically cannot. So it, it, it is easy to be like, okay, let's do a quickie. Let's get yeah. you done. And then you won't be grumpy or thinking about it. But yeah. then there's inevitably, even, even still, there's inevitably that little bit of resentment, like, yeah. but I'm not fulfilled. And, but now that was just kind of work for me. And then he's like, that wasn't fun because you're just not in the mood. And it's not fun for me if it's not yeah. fun for you, because my husband is so sweet. Yeah. And, and most husbands are that think yeah. it's not fun if you're not having fun. So how do we move it from that? this is a task and this is difficult. And is it okay to say, let's get on the same page? Or when do we say, you know what, it's been like a week and a half or two weeks. Like we really do need to do this and get in that mindset. That was a lot of questions. Oh my gosh. So many good things there. So (laughs) many good things. And Carmen, this is why I've written three books. People don't know how to do this stuff. This is why people need to get into this course. I have a year long wait list, Carmen. And so that's why I created this online course. Because I video walk people through and exercise and worksheets and extra, you know, walk people through this whole process because it isn't simple, unfortunately. But let me let me hit a couple of high points for you though. Number one is if we are doing duty sex all the time, here's the here's the problem. Number one need or desire or want of a man, guess what that is? To be wanted. If all you give is duty sex, if all you can do is duty sex, he will never feel loved. Oh, my goodness. I know. And that's why this is chapter wow. one of the husband book I'm working on. It, that gives me chills. But but so if I know that my husband's number one desire is for me to want him, then if I don't pick up the task of learning and embracing my sexual wholeness for my own benefit as well, not only am I not going to develop personal wholeness, but I'm not going to be able to have that marital wholeness, that marital oneness or the sex ordinary marriage. So for me, I mean, kind of my approach is really different than everyone else because mine is a lot more holistic. Mine is more, it's about your personal wholeness. If you think of like a pie chart of, you know, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, sexual, and you've got this one little piece of pie, sexual, that just never gets addressed, never gets worked on. I mean, you know, you work on your spirituality, you go to church, you pray, you read scriptures, you do all these things spiritually, but do we do the similar things for our sexuality? And when we don't develop our sexual wholeness, part of us is 
missing. Part of us is not complete. And so right. yes, we're doing it. I, you know, initially I'm doing it for my husband right. because I realized that's what makes him feel loved. And yeah. I, I decide, okay, you know what? I'm going to throw out a bunch of other things that I was doing that I thought made him feel loved, throw those out the window. And I'm going to figure out this sex thing. I'm going to figure out how to embrace that and own that so that when my husband has sex, it's connected sex. It's shared sex. It's replenishing sex as Tammy. Yes. I love that word. Too. I do too. And, and that's what, that's why this desire discrepancies is irrelevant when people do this work. And, and that's so beautiful that people don't even, they can't even imagine what I'm talking about until yes. they start to get there. I am, I, I think that is so beautiful and I love that. And I think that's why we're, that's what we're missing is, yeah. is because it, and it does come back to thinking about the other person and serving the other person, but in focusing on ourselves as women and our, in our sexual wholeness, then we can give our husband and, oh my gosh, that just really touched my heart. The number one thing they want is to feel loved, which is completely the opposite. Wanted, wanted, wanted. They don't want to be lo loved. They want they to be wanted. I, I was actually teaching a, a class, a BYU class about that. And I said that to someone and, and a guy in the back row raised his hand and he said, oh my gosh, you're blowing my brains right now. He says, because I was just talking to my wife about, she was saying how much she loves me and how much she wants me to feel loved. Yes. I remember thinking in my mind, that's so lame. And I said, did you just say lame about feeling loved? And he says, yes, because I don't want to be loved. I want to be wanted. I want and to a be very wanted. different animal. It, it, it totally is. That is a completely different animal. Okay. So what are some things women can do to help their husband feel wanted? Yeah. Well, number one, go back to the things we've talked about, developing okay. our own personal wholeness, okay. developing our sexual wholeness, but okay. more specifically now, the three things that are easiest, I think for women to start on is getting educated by okay. listening, listening, not reading my book, knowing her intimately every day, a little bit every day, okay. because why we don't have sex on the brain. And this gets right. sex on the brain and it gets education on the brain. So I have to interrupt you really fast and say yeah. that there have been so many times when I'll, you know, we'll be, you know, talking about sex or wanting to have sex. And I'm like, okay, just a minute. And I will listen to your book or a podcast just to Perfect. get in the mindset. I'm like, Perfect. just a minute. And I'm going to listen to the fun chapters and the yep. playful and it's okay to be touched and yep. desired and aroused. So then I'm thinking about it and I'm not thinking about oh, all the other things, the kids. So let me tell you, ladies that are listening, it works. I yes, promise. Okay. So, so listening, sex on the brain. Yes. And, and it's not just like, we're not just trying to turn you on, like, you know, no. pornography. We're no. trying to just put, we're just trying to feed in. It's like, it's like, I listen to my scriptures every day. It's yes. like listening to your scriptures every day. And I've actually had people kind of refer to it that way for them because yes. it just, it just puts them in a godly divine sexuality right. mindset that nobody has out there anywhere for you. And they and are connected. Yes. Spirituality and sexuality, they yes. are connected. Yes. Yes. So that's a big part of it. So, and that's part of that embracing your sexuality is you're stepping into a positive air of sexuality. Number yes. one. Okay. Number two, work on your flirty. 
Because when you work on your flirty and playfulness, you're stepping into your sexuality. And if that's difficult for us, that's where all of our inhibitors and garbage comes up that we know we need now, now clean out. And okay. actually, I should have said as my step one, most women, and this is one of the sexy challenges I'm going to be doing on my Instagram page, yes. is, is most women need to sit down, write out at least 50 things that they hate about sex, that they're frustrated about, that they're angry about, that they're resentful about. It could be about sex, their body, their husband's body, their marriage, their life, anything. Why? Because sex starts in the brain. And sexy is a state of mind. And if I have a bunch of garbage in there that's swimming around all the time, I I have 25 notebooks of sexual sludge that I've written over the course of, you know, probably 15, 20 years um, to clean out that kind of garbage so that you're free, you're clear. It's why I love the 12 steps, because when people do a fourth step, which is that fearless and searching moral inventory of every crappy thing from your life. Yes. When you clean that stuff out, you're clear, you're clean. So it won't make you dwell on it even more. It'll no, get it no, out of your no, mind. It gets it out. And okay. and you can know by testing it because, but remember, if you know, if you've been married 10, 15 years, then you've got 10, 15 plus years of sludge. Yeah. So sometimes clients will say, Laura, I feel like it it kind of makes it worse. And I said, okay, then you need to do kind of the 10 items at a time, set it aside or shred it, and do five things that I like, love, or appreciate about myself, my body, my husband, his body, sexuality. And you do the, you balance the positives and the negatives. Okay. The problem is, Carmen, people will get stuck the most if they have not done enough of that process writing to clean out the garbage. That is what will keep them stuck more than anything. Okay. So that's step two. Yeah. It's actually, let's say that's step one. Let's say that's step step one. one is clean out the garbage. Clean it out. Step two is put the positives back in by listening to my book every day, five minutes. It doesn't even have to be a big deal. Awesome. Yep. And then step three is work on your flirty. And I have, I have a lot of handouts on my counseling website, the marital, uh, let's see, is it that or just no marital intimacy institute.com where I have all of the counseling stuff. And one of them is a handout and also in my book and on course of just things women don't even know how to be flirty. I had a client just the other day and she was like, Laura, I, I'm not even sure what to do. And I said, okay, could you walk up and slap your husband on the butt in the kitchen and walk away. <laughs> do that. She goes, yep. yeah, I could do that. I said, could you walk up and kiss your husband on the neck and walk away? Could you do that? Could yep. you get out of the shower and don't put your towel on immediately? Could you, you know, if he's yes. there. Yep. I mean, yep. Any of these little physical, sexual type, flirty, playful teasingness. That's what steps us. So ima- I mean, just imagine any of those three things. Yes. You're immediately in your sexuality. Right. And we yes. don't live there. We don't, right. we don't go there. Right. Very often. So that's what makes us whole again and allows us to now connect with our husbands in a very natural, organic, connected, sexual way. I love Not that. a duty sex way. Like I, I guess I, I have no concept of what duty sex is anymore. Oh. And I have a client the other day, client the other day, she says, Laura, I, I no longer say yes to duty sex. And my husband knows this. We, you know, we've worked this out, yep. you know, together. And he just knows that I won't say yes to duty sex anymore. 
because for them, they're far enough along that you can't always do that in the beginning because then you've got, you know, yes. deprivation and sexual desert going on. For sure. Yeah. Yep. But as, as you get through this process, you can do the no duty sex, which weans you off of the cheap stuff. Yes. It helps you to get to where, even if you're doing a quickie, it's still a gift quickie and a yes. connected quickie. And it's almost more fun because it's like, oh, we haven't done it in a few days. And so it's like the buildup and the anticipation yeah. and it's fun. Yeah. So along with finding your sexual mojo and flirty and playfulness, I was talking to a group of girls the other day and, and she said, what can we, so I've been married 15 years and, and she's about the same. It's like, what can I do to make it fun and different and spicy and keep renewing our sexual relationship. So I was talking to her about some things and I'm like, talk to him, tell him about fantasies or whatever. And she's like, oh my gosh, what would I say? So I was talking to her about something and she's like, oh my gosh, my husband would die. And she said, and go to heaven. Die and, and, and go, go to, to heaven. heaven. She's like, but she said, so for me, like that's, that's, um, uh, that's, I guess, easier for me to do. Yeah. Like, I love all that kind of stuff and, and, and playfulness yeah. and fantasizing. That's something that does come easy for me. But yeah. she's like, for me, I'm like, wear sweats, turn off the lights, let's do it. Like, so I, I, she's like, I would worry that if I started talking to him about, oh, what he's doing, or imagine we're on a beach or whatever, he'd be like, who are you? <laughs> so yeah. how can women stay authentic to yeah. who they are, but also step it up a notch and maybe get out of their comfort zone a little without yeah. it feeling, you know, weird, weird and not true to who they are. Yeah. couple of things. So number one maybe would be, imagine if this woman is doing these three things we just talked about. Yes. She's cleaning out all the resentments she's got about sex. She's listening to my positive affirming sexuality on a regular basis, and she's practicing flirty. And there's a concept that I call prefacing. And okay. so- and I talk about it in this flirty section yes. where I say, sometimes you need to go to your husband and I've had client, multiple clients do this in my office right here. And I'll say, okay, so you need to turn to your husband and say, okay, husband, I'm going to actually be working on being a little bit more flirty or playful or teasing. Yeah. You have to act like it's the most boring, normal thing you've ever seen. <gasps> Why? Because if they draw attention to it while we're just still kind of awkwardly figuring that out, it makes it harder for us to do. Oh, interesting. It puts a pressure on it and it okay. puts an expectation on it. And part of this prefacing is this is not a green light for sex. Okay. So if I come up and, and you know, stick my hands up your shirt. Don't rip off mine. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't rip off mine. Okay. Just know that I'm practicing my flirty. Why? To develop my sexual wholeness. Why? So that I can want you instead of give you duty sex. Got it. So, so they have to practice some restraint a little bit while, okay. Yes, which is what their main job was. Remember their main right, job that was their bridling Bridal. and mastery. But see yeah. now that woman, when she's doing those things and is developing some of that sexual wholeness, then she's going to show up with the treats. So two of my chapters are treats and teasing. I wanted and to so, ask you about that. What yes, are sexual yep. treats? Yes. We'll talk about that. But okay. just in that, in that section, when you're doing sexual treats and teasing, yes. you can't even do them well, 
or genuinely or authentically if you haven't kind of done the other stuff. No, first. it's so true. You can't. No. So, so that's why I don't, I want anyone sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, I can't do what Carmen does, or I can't do what Laura's saying. It's okay because we just haven't laid the groundwork. We haven't yes. done the foundation work yet. Do the other steps first. And, and you can will naturally there. lead there. Yes. Yes. And it's so, so exciting. And it just changes everything. I mean, I think you've maybe, maybe I've heard you talk about this, but it's like, I, I really believe God is wanting us to create these strong, whole couples. Why? Yes. Because couples are the foundation of everything else. It's not the family, it's the marriage that's the foundation. And so when you've got strong, holistically secure marriages, sex extraordinary marriages, I mean, that yes. basically is an awesome marriage, but add in the sex part that nobody usually gets down. Yep. Yep. And so when you've got those kind of strong, solid couples, yes, that's a force to be reckoned with in it's God's true. kingdom. It's that's what so God true. wants. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that, the sexual treats and the playfulness and what those things are for people that are like, I don't know, what does that mean? Like, are we yeah. eating chocolate before? Like, what is that? <laughs> hey, that could happen. So teasing is kind of the, is the first, the, the chapter before treats. Flirtiness. Is kind, teasing and flirty and playful is okay. just kind of changing your tone about sex. Instead of sex being kind of a, do you want to? Yeah. Okay. Right now? Or like, in a few minutes. Yeah, no. I mean, instead of it just being this rote, going through yeah. the motions, we're putting this like, hey, babe, do you want to get lucky? You're just putting a little tone of spin on it. The teasing and that playfulness is what steps you into that. And okay. that's why I have women practice their flirty because that's not the norm. So, you know, you got three hours of sleep last night, you're yes. babysitting 12 puppies yes. and, and children. Yes. You know, that's not going to be on your mind if you are not personally committed to your own sexual wholeness. Yes. Now, when you today, even though you're exhausted and have a million things on your plate, you could probably still be flirty. Why? Because it's part of what you do. It's just part of who you are, not something that's like on a checklist. And is that important to do every day? I mean, it's it's more the mindset that I'm more interested in than okay. a checklist item. Okay. I just want you to have the mindset of being kind of cute and flirty. Okay. Even if that's not your norm. So I want people to understand that I get the personalities are different. That might be easier for you if you're more of a, what, what we might call a yellow personality or, or yeah. a type one, which I think you might be. Yes. And then all of that flirty playful is, is in your, is in your wheelhouse. Right. You know, for other people that's not in their wheelhouse, but it's still part of sexual wholeness. Yes. So it's still something we're all working on regardless of where our strengths and weaknesses are in the wholeness circle. And it wow. takes practice. It just takes practice and effort and you just do it over time. I had a client on Tuesday. They came in. They said, Laura, I think we've got this. Um, I think we can go to seeing you once a quarter just for check-in. Awesome. And he says, I've got, I've got this bridling and surrender down. And she's got the embracing and flirty down, you know, and she says, I, we, we, we got this. Oh, that's awesome. And I just thrills me to the core, but it's doable, but people just have to do the work and it does take time, but it's so worth it. It it's is so worth it. And I literally walk people through step-by-step step how to do it, holding their hand practically. Cause I've, you know, we've got the video recordings and teaching it to them. So yes. not just reading it, but teaching it and giving them the, the, all of these exercises and a plethora more of what to do to clean out the garbage 
fill in the positives and step into sexual wholeness. So say like we've done all of that, Lara, we're, we, we're being flirty. We have yep. the treats down. Our husband is bridling his passions. We're yep. coming together at the right time in the right moment. Yep. And now you have the question of what is okay now? Okay. Sometimes you have the question of, okay, now I'm ready for sex, but what is it? What is okay for us to do? How, yep. how sexy can I be? Right. Is the lingerie okay? Is yep. kissing and touching? Like now you're there, but yep. now that the act of sexual intimacy has begun, yep. if there's still a little bit of that good girl question. Yep. question, now how do we push past that? And what do you tell your clients on finding out? Is it a one size fits all? Is it different for every couple? Different for every Yep. So think about it, Carmen. If I've got a couple that that she was uh, molested or he was molested or, you know, there's been pornography in the mix or there's, you know, there's all kinds of factors that can affect somebody's sexuality. Yes. So that's why the number one questions that I do get are the what's okay, what isn't questions. But that's why nobody can be the sex police for you. Your bishop can't, you know, no, you're, you're really your best option is, is a, a good sex therapist that can kind of help walk you through it. But yeah. Given the context you gave me, which is a little different, you you're talking about kind of a healthy couple that's kind of already gotten to yes. a good place. Yep. So in that case, it's a lot easier because now all we have to do is talk about it together. Okay. okay. Because now, and I have a whole section in my book where I've got questions that people can walk through and say, okay, is this going to weaken or strengthen the relationship? And this um, is the, and they were not ashamed book. This is not, it's in both. And I okay. kind of updated it in the knowing her intimately okay. where I've got these questions and these principles that people can follow Perfect. Of, of figuring it out because the Lord is, I mean, there are just, there really are just kind of a few main things that we know are right. okay. Yep. And everything else is kind of a question. Yep. And so, you know, you and your husband would sit down and go, okay, um, I, I think I'd like to try lingerie. I'll just use your example. Uh -huh. and But I kind of feel a little weird about it. And the great thing about how God made men is that they don't have the same issues we do. No, so I not think at you all. mentioned it earlier where you're like, you know, you know, women are, have the good girl syndrome. But when I was talking to my husband about it, when I first wrote that and he's just, and I was like, so why do you guys not have this? And he's like, yep. Cause we don't care. We don't. We just want to. <laughs> and if it's okay, we're all in. You if know, you're so okay, I'm okay. They don't have all. They're not all messed up with it. No, Except they're not. More men are because we've got a lot of men have been pornified. Yes. And so now we've got a little bit more to mess with there. Yes. But in general, guys, at least if they aren't dealing with compulsive sexuality, yes. we can usually trust a husband and wife to kind of gently. He kind of gently encourages, yes. Whereas she kind of gently steps into a little bit of the uncomfortable zone, yes. Yep, and that's just kind of the norm for couples because we're women tend to be that lower desire, more responsive desire, yes. and men tend to be the more the higher desire or the spo spontaneous desire. And so you you've naturally got this push and pull all the time, yeah. which God did on purpose because yeah. together we come to a healthy place. I mean, and, and to be honest, the most teasing and treats oriented marriages are the connected sexually whole marriages because the best, te the most playful sex is connected sex. 
Totally. You can do almost anything. I mean, I talk about uh, one of the concepts that I teach in the, in the course is auditory arousal. And that's kind of a weird concept for a lot of people where, you know, just level one might be just kind of ums and ahs, but level three, we talk about maybe role-playing. Why? Because it's really helpful for the, the mental effort that women need to kind of get into the sex arena right out of their puppy and kid mode arena and so role-playing can be really helpful but let's say that feels a little squeamish for her she can kind of talk with her husband about it a little bit and just be like okay so what do we think and i talk about how you can include god in it if you need to but you just remember that you're kind of working at removing inhibitions for women yes and setting in some restraints for men that's the generally the place you're coming to towards together and then everything kind of ties together with that yep. and then the more he feels wanted yep. the more comfortable women will feel giving yep. themselves yep. wholly to him and 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 the more men will feel gentle and patient and kind. It's like, I know she wants me, even if she's uncomfortable with this thing that I still feel wanted. So I can help her get through those inhibitions to where honestly, if, if, if it's, if we don't feel like there's any, anything holding us back, Mm -hmm. like the most wonderful sex is where it's like, we completely give ourselves. And in doing that, then we both are so fulfilled and it's beautiful and it's healing. And every time I I always talk to my husband, I'm like, I did not know how much I needed that. Like I needed that. Even if in my mind, I think I don't have time. I don't want to, it's the energy, it's the work, it's tiring. (laughs) If, if I, if I get to that place where I've, I'm now just in it, transcendence Mm -hmm. is what you say that we're just, then it's like, oh my goodness, it, it really is physically healing sex. Yes. It's part of your aliveness. It's part of your wholeness. So Carmen, my original story came from kind of having postpartum depression after my third child. And so part of my journey of healing, just me figuring it out myself, which is why I've kind of invented the wheel for everybody, is, is that that depression is part of being not whole. Right. So I it's had this, this this section that was undeveloped that contributes to re- depression. It so it, it wasn't just me trying to, you know, become all sexy for my husband. It was me also just trying to heal and to become a whole person. And so then that just steps into kind of that automatic connected space. And the cool thing too, is that part of, we haven't really talked about, but part of that bridling and surrender for men, yes. a big principle here is the concept of agency. If I know I have to have sex or he's going to be a grump for three days, then I can't freely choose. Right. But if he actually can say things like, you know what, Laura, if you're not comfortable with this behavior that I thought I wanted to try or this thing I wanted to do, I'm, I'm good. I'm out. I don't need it. I mean, that just almost, that almost brings tears to my eyes because it's so powerful when a man can restrain and have the sexual maturity and the sexual mastery to say, you know what? I really thought I wanted to try this thing, but at least for now, this is not a good idea and And I'm going to let go of it. And it almost then turns me on even more. And I'm like, well, now I am in the mood because I feel so respected by you. Yes. Yes. And that's a big job for men. I mean, I, I literally, these poor guys, this, this couple that was in here the other day, and he's just, I mean, that was hard one for him to come to that surrendered. I mean, surrender, just a simplified version of it is I totally believe what I want is coming, 
Yes. I do not need it. I, wow. I and totally that believe it. I totally let go of it. That's what surrender is. So if a husband is walking around with, I have the sexiest, hottest, darlingest wife in the world, but I don't need her to have sex with me ever. Holy cow. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and that's the extreme version, but that's what surrender looks like. Surrender is all in. It yeah. is not for a week or a month or until she gets it and turns around and starts being interested. It's all in. I it's am surrendered. Period. I love that. And, that, and that's hard work. It, I was going to say that that would be very hard. That would be hard very work. hard. And yeah. I would love to have you on again and yeah. talk about, because we've talked a lot about women today yeah. and talk about men and sexual wholeness for men and what, what I can do for my husband. And like you said, teaching my boys yeah. how to raise them to be that way for their wives. Cause that is so important that it's not something that's expected, but something yeah. that it is, it's a gift for both of them. It's a gift yeah. for both of us. So I would love to talk to you more for sure, for about sure. that. Well, and just, just, a, just two little thoughts for men, just yes. to throw them a little yes. bit of information. Their, some of their, their first steps are kind of similar. Their first steps for most men to do bridling and surrender is to also do the 50 things I hate about this. Oh, interesting. Do men even have 50 things they hate? Oh, yeah. I hate that she never wants to. I hate that she never initiates. I hate that she won't wear lingerie. I hate that she never wants to. I hate that I always have to beg for it. I hate that I feel like a schmuck. I hate, I hate, they've got plenty. Oh, interesting. Without, that, without cleaning out all that, yeah, there's no way in heck they're going to be able That's true. to do genuine, authentic, letting go and surrender. Yes. Ooh, it's that's so surrender. Would you have couples do that together or a private thing? It's always a private thing. So you always don't ever share. Thing. Not, not, not when we're cleaning out the raw material. Okay. Okay. This is raw material that we just need to get it into the garbage. Okay. Private it's, it's on paper into the shredder, torn up, ripped up, burned up. We can do another, you know, maybe after round four or five or six or 10, we can start talking about them because okay. if you don't do it with that raw edge on it, it just hurts and offends and makes defensive and resistant and shuts down and more wall building. But there is a time and a place to come together and say, I actually don't really like this or feel comfortable with it. Or yep. I really wish you would do this more. This would actually help me. There's a yep. time for that after we've gotten rid of the yep. negative like you said, offensive, maybe hurtful yeah. things. That yeah. It's just it, in it's your kind of, Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, if you think of, think of uh, the counsel that I give to couples that argue a lot, I say, when you got, get started in an argument, as yeah. soon as you are off neutral emotionally, you have to go put your feelings down on paper first before you, I mean, you know, before you can even come back and talk about it. Why? Because we take the edge off. And as it, it I mean, I, I say this to clients all the time. If you're not at neutral, don't talk. Oh, I love that. Don't talk because you're going to do damage. And I've it's got a lot of beneficial. Clients, yep. You know, that, that are doing damage instead of keeping their mouth shut, go put it on a piece of paper. One of my memes that I have coming up on Instagram is put it on paper or you'll put it on the ones you love. Oh, I love that so much because I'm the type of personality that if I don't get it out, it sits in my mind and then it does come up during sex. I think yeah. about all the 
oh, but he did this a while ago. And then I close up and then I'm like, I'm not, and he'll be like, you're thinking What's about that? something that happened two months ago? Like, I forgot about that. And I'm like, I know, but it wasn't ever addressed. Yep. But it's, I have also found that it is most of the time never worth it. No to attack and come at it. So I'm so glad you said that to write it down. So I'm still getting it out, yep. out of my brain and out of my yep. system, but it's not putting it on him. Ooh, I love that. Put right. it on paper or you'll put it on your spouse. What, your spouse. Awesome. And, and think about this. This is where God comes into the personal wholeness work, the yeah. differentiation work, because you're not alone. I mean, as connected and probably awesome of a marriage I have, the number one person is actually God my savior. And, and the, and it's very personal because he's the one that I can go to, to put all of that garbage on. So yes. that I don't have to put it on my poor husband. Right. He doesn't know a lot of what I deal with or process. I've got to put it on paper. And sometimes I can share it with him, but he's not, we're not available to talk 24 seven. Right. Exactly. You know? Yes. So that's where God becomes a really tangible important element of our personal wholeness. We're talking to him. We're yelling at him. We're, I mean, I've had so many yelling sessions with him that he can totally handle. But yeah. That's why I can be whole now. I, is that he and I, we're on the same team. Yes. Everyone else is irrelevant now. Even yes. if my husband is upset about something, yep. it's still irrelevant because me and God are good. I'm so glad you brought that up, Laura, because I strongly feel, and I've shared this on my podcast before, that if we are upset with anyone, but but especially our family members or our spouse, if we can bring it to Heavenly Father and say, I am so mad at him right now. I am not feeling love for him, but I know you love him. So can I feel your love for him right now? Because I I, I can't give my love or, my, or, or maybe even just liking them. I don't like them right now. But if I feel your love for them, can can I feel that? And that has helped me so many times where I'm like, I, if I can feel your love for them, it, that can become enough until I can get over my angry feelings and, and then love them and, and be, and like them and forgive them Yeah, because heavenly father's love really can feel your whole soul. Transcends it. It, trans, it transcends all of yeah. the stupid, negative, dumb things. Yeah. So, and, and then it's like, okay, I am honestly truly filled with love for this man mm -hmm. and it's heavenly father's love for him mm -hmm. and mine. Like it works together. So yeah, I love that. Brought that up is bringing heavenly father into it and, yeah. and having him help. And, and, and our about, yeah. And, and think about a lot of people that kind of struggle with the whole concept of, Oh, I shouldn't say negative things. A lot of women really struggle doing this work. Yeah. They'll just stay stuck until they decide they want to change. So, I mean, you know, they really struggle with this because they feel like it's not nice to, to yeah. write these real feelings. Right. But, but it's like, you know, there was a book a long time ago, back in the eighties, I think that was called feelings buried alive, never die. And, and so it just kind of helps you remember that, that there are genuine feelings. And just because you, you know, stuff them into a corner of your soul doesn't mean they go away. And no. that's why that piece of paper and pencil needs to become your best friend. And where, prayer. And, and prayer, but, but see, even prayer alone, sometimes you need something tangible that yes. helps you because I personally believe this writing is prayer. This is a written prayer. Oh, I love that. And, and one of my versions of process writing, there's kind of three versions. One is just these numbered. I hate this. I yeah. hate number three. I hate this. Number four. Yes. I hate this. The other one is just free writing paragraph. No, no stops, no proofing, no 
thinking, just write, free writing. And number three is a written conversation with God. Heavenly Father, why did you make sex so difficult for us women? And then with my same hand, I will write what I think the Lord might be saying to me. And more times than not, that's where I've gotten a lot of my inspiration. Oh, that is beautiful. Because that is amazing. it makes it tangible. It yes. makes revelation tangible. And I don't know for sure if every time I write my answer that that's revelation, but I'm leaning towards assuming it is. If it was positive and uplifting and good and righteous, it's revelation. Absolutely. So that becomes a tangible, that's why God becomes a lot more of a person and a yes. lot more of a friend and yes. a lot more of a, a, a real confidant. And then creator. Yes, yes. Yes. And so that writing part, just know if you're feeling stuck, get it on paper. Start with do that. that first. Do, and just do it until you can't feel any negative feeling about sex. Okay. Awesome. So <laughs> would you say that is like the number one thing couples or women or people and can men. do first, first of all, yeah. get it on paper, write it down. And then if people are like, oh my goodness, I want to explore more how to step into the sexual wholeness, your course again, tell us yeah. what it's called and where they can go to download this course. Yeah, so sexual wholeness for women. And it's just on my website, strengtheningmarriage.com. Okay. It's so, I mean, and it's so affordable right now because it's so much less than if people were doing the work counseling work yes. and it's so much more hands-on application internalizing than you can do it any other way. And we just walk you through everything you need and to know. And it's all online right all now. Online. All online. You can do it whenever, wherever, and, and we even have kind of this little new program for intimacy ambassadors because there's a lot of women that want to do it with their friends and their oh. girlfriends and their sisters and almost make it kind of a book club thing for so them. Like, oh, we're on module one and then we'll get together and talk about module one and then we'll talk about module two. And so that just makes it easy for women to kind of have that camaraderie that we need so we don't feel so alone. Because we get each other. Yeah. 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 Awesome. And, and your listeners, you know, can get the, the $50 gift certificate, which is, I think the coupon code is just 50 off dash S W W O C, which awesome. stands for sexual wholeness for women online course. Awesome. And, so that, and we can put that in your show notes or wherever, if there's somewhere that that's easy to share. That is so great. And then what would you say? I mean, all of your books are incredible, but, yeah. but, but which one should people start with? I personally think that most people should start with knowing her intimately. Okay. Just because, I mean, especially, I, I know a lot of people still give and they were not ashamed as yeah. kind of the, the ongoing wedding gift. I mean, it's still the one of the top marriage books after, I think it's what, 16 years now. Um, but but this, this for, you know, married people that want to get started, especially for women. And then of course the, oh, let me grab my other one. But the, um, from honeymoon to happily ever after. Awesome. For, for the, you know, people that are not yet married. Yes. Um, and that just gives them that place to start where they can really just start walking through what do I need to know and do? And would you say, Laura, that this is one of the most important things couples can do to have a healthy relationship? Yep a really good head start on yeah. a, a long, happy marriage. Yeah. Because think about it when we're talking about personal wholeness and then sexual wholeness, yes. you actually can't do sexual wholeness without doing personal wholeness, which yes. moves into your marital wholeness. So all of the stuff that, that I'm all the work I had to do, all the work my husband had to do, all of the work these clients do, that's what all of the stuff that makes me want to is having an awesome marriage. 
Yes. So all of that kind of comes as part of the process. So the sex is just kind of the cherry on top. Right. Everything that gets you to this extraordinary marriage is getting you to the awesome marriage with that sexual dimension in intact. Awesome. In, and in you walk us through yep. like step by step. step it's by not step. ambiguous. It's nope. this is what to do. Yep. Write this, watch this video, read this part, do this writing, do this exercise, do this assessment. I mean, it's awesome. so simple because again, I, I, I just, I can't reach everybody that I need to reach. Right. And, and I wanted it to be where anybody that is ready and wanting sexual wholeness can have it. It's, it's sitting there waiting for them. It's available to them. It's and, available. <laughs> and I and I have been a happy recipient of reading your books, following your steps, doing the things that has helped me so much. And my husband even has said, has noticed a difference. Like, yeah. oh my goodness, I I can tell yeah. that I put in the work and that and that I've you know had this different mindset and that, and I'm not perfect at it and and I'm trying to be better all the time. Yeah, no need but, to be perfect. Yes, but it's something that is so important in marriages. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited that I got to talk to you today because honestly, I'm such a big fan. And it was so fun to learn. And I feel like I could talk to you for hours. Like yeah, I have sure. so many more questions. So let's do a part two. Sure. I would yeah, for love sure. to and talk about. Yeah, yes. I was just going to say, Carmen, the thing that I really love about today is that I feel like people have been able to really taste and in a vision yes. of what this looks like and what this yes. feels like, because, you know, when people have vision, they don't perish, you know, the scripture yes. says, but when people have vision, they can move towards it and start doing the little steps, whatever they can do for now. You might not be able to do everything right now because of everything on your plate, right? But you've got a few little steps that you can move towards and really step into this, this sexual wholeness without it being overwhelming and just giving you, a, giving people a little bit of hope. That I was going to say that there's always hope for anyone, for any couple yeah, in a healthy anyone. relationship, like you said, that is not abusive and that's yeah. not derogatory, like a healthy, good relationship for any couple to truly have a sex extraordinary marriage. And yeah. And you are honestly the pioneer in helping couples feel this way. And I'm so grateful for you for recognizing this gift from Heavenly Father and for sharing it with all of us and for all of the good you are doing and have done for couples. I'm just so grateful for you. you. Yeah, I'm so delighted to be here. And and to be honest, it you don't even have to be a healthy couple to do it because doing this work creates your healthfulness and healing. Yes. Because most people starting, we all start with issues. Everybody's got issues. And so just doing this work, I mean, learning each other's love language is another piece in this process. I mean, that alone will transform people's marriages. And, and so there's just so many pieces in this process that will help them heal and overcome their unhealthiness so that they can step into a extraordinary marriage. Oh, perfect. Laura, thank you so much for you coming bet. on the podcast today. So delightful. All the good you are doing, everyone. Your website one more time. And Strengthening Marriage. Yeah, strengtheningmarriage.com and maritalintimacyinstitute.com. That's my counseling website. And what was your second question? And the course for women. Yes, Sexual Wholeness for Women Sexual. online course. And you can find that at strengtheningmarriage.com. And then, of course, on Instagram, Facebook, Strengthening Marriage, you know, everywhere else. But I just awesome. I just love, I'm delighted to have people step into having a sex extraordinary marriage. I'm so excited for everybody. 
Thank you so much, Lara. And yes. thank you everyone for listening today. Thank you for taking the time to talk about this is kind of sometimes uncomfortable to listen to and talk about, but it really is so not for me, but maybe for, <laughs> not for me either, <laughs> not for me. but it really is so important and can transform your lives. And I'm so grateful for you for being bold enough to discuss everything we've talked about with people. Um, and, and if you want to share this episode with your friends and family, tell them about the Our Turtle House app, download the app and listen to Doing Good. Thank you everyone for listening today. Thanks for listening to this episode of Doing Good with Carmen Herbert, available exclusively inside Our Turtle House. At Our Turtle House, there's something for the whole family. From full egg talks that you can't get anywhere else from some of your favorite speakers, to fun family home evening lesson plans that follow the Come Follow Me curriculum. There's even short daily devotionals made specifically for your teens. Plus, you can get two months free when you sign up for an annual plan. Just go to OurTurtleHouse.com to get started. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here for another episode of Doing Good next week.